This episode of No Filter is brought to you by Rebel Natural. You know what makes Rebel Natural so special? It's made with five ingredients or less. That means they care about you. They care about your health. They care about the environment. And they're cruelty-free. Anytime I want to feel sexy and feel like a queen, I use some of their product, rub it all over my beautiful brown skin, and I feel amazing. If you want to feel like a queen, head on over to www.rebelnaturel.com and enter code KARMA for your percentages off your purchase. All right, now let's start the show. Hey, everybody, it's me, Karma Jones. We're back. Episode three of No Filter. Happy Friday. I'm so glad to have made it through this week. Oh my gosh. It has been like, is it is Mercury in retrograde? Like what's going on? It's just way too much going on this week. And I think I'm gonna need a little bit more Jesus in my life because it's just a lot. I don't know if anybody else out there feels that way. Personally, I'm sitting here with a glass of Jack on the rocks. No chaser, no mixer, no nothing, just me and Jack. And that's just how I feel right now. It's just a lot. Um, Adulthood has turned out to be nothing like uh, it looked in the brochures. And I feel duped. I feel like there has to be another way. And I don't know how you guys do it. You out there with children and like all this other stuff that you have to do. See me right now, I work, I go to school, I'm in grad school. Um, I have a new puppy who is basically a baby, but not, you know, not really, but kind of. I'm getting married soon and just I'm trying to live life all at the same time. And I have this podcast because I like to talk to you guys. And I just feel like, how are we doing this? Because this ain't it. A nine to five until we're like 75 because, you know, the age keeps going up when you can retire. I don't feel like this is necessary. Like, can we all just quit? Can we all just stop and just chill and lay you know, on the beach and drink margaritas and smoke weed or whatever it is that y'all want to do. Because this is a lot, like a lot, lot. So (sighs) that's the kind of week I've had, guys. I don't know about you, but I'm sending love and support to everyone out there who is going through it because it's been a long week for me. And speaking of long weeks, let's just hop into the foolishness, okay? And let's talk about Serena and um, her match with Naomi Osaka. I hope that's how you say her name. You know, they played each other in the U.S. Open finals um, because they're both super popping. And I have to admit, when I first saw Naomi Osaka, I'm like, who is this? Who is this other black girl? Because, you know, it's... For so long, Serena has been our girl, Serena and Venus. And then Sloane Stevens came along and I was like for her too. And I was like, yes, you know, another black girl. Hey, girl. But I always want Serena to be number one. I don't know if that's bad, but I just always want her to win. So anywho, Serena lost recently to Osaka. And it was this big thing, um... Osaka, by the way, is part Japanese and part Haitian. 
Um, everyone keeps wanting to call her Japanese and everything. I guess trying to erase the Haitian part of her life. But they in here. Okay, ça passe. All right, don't try to do that. And um, so her and Serena played each other. And things got a little rough because Serena was losing. And Serena, like she usually does, spoke up for herself after the umpire basically said um, that she was cheating. Said that her coach was on the sidelines, you know, helping her out and coaching her. And she basically was like, no, that's not what happened. You owe me an apology. And I feel like that was so bomb. Like that was just, this is why I stand for Serena. Because for her to go up to a white man in Australia and be like, you owe me an apology. That is just so boss. And frankly, that's what black women have to do because, and women in general, women apologize so much for things that we shouldn't even apologize for. Like, ladies, just if you're at work, I mean, in relationships with your friends, just just sit back and look at how many times you apologize for stuff that you just don't even have any business apologizing for because you kind of want to smooth things over or because you don't want to be viewed as aggressive or a bitch. We're always apologizing. And Serena flipped it and was like, no, you owe me an apology, actually. And that's just so empowering because, ladies, when's the last time you were apologized to by a man? Black women. Black women. How, when was the last time you've been apologized to? So that was just powerful for me to see. But um, basically, Serena ended up getting fined about $17,000 for three violations. Um, I think it was $4,000 for the coaching violation. $3,000 for racket abuse. That's just so, that's so weird, racket abuse, I guess. I guess she threw her racket. Whoops. And $10,000 for the verbal abuse. And I'm just like, $10,000? for verbal abuse okay and how much does serena get for the verbal abuse that she's endured her entire career are y'all gonna give her some money for that because i like to see that if y'all give serena money for the verbal abuse she's endured her entire career she can quit right now as a matter of fact she can quit right now already she's just doing it for the love of the game but she solidified her you know her ranking she is number one Quite frankly, she's probably the best athlete right now, maybe of all time. And so she can quit whenever she gets good and ready. But she's still, you know, she knows the fans want to see her. She wants to be out there. And she probably wants to prove to herself that she can still do it after giving birth. Because when you give birth, your body changes. You don't feel like yourself. You feel like your baby owns your life. And maybe she just wants to be out there. And that's all she knows. Remember, she's been doing this since a little kid. uh, Thanks to Richard. Shout out to Richard. He's the man that doesn't get enough spotlight. But he's he's the person who put this all together. He created Serena Williams. Richard Williams did. So anyway, um, I love Serena because she basically said, I don't cheat. I'd rather lose. And that's what you call integrity ladies and gentlemen and that's why we love Serena because she's like look if I gotta cheat my way there I don't want it 
I want it fair and square. And I can't argue with that. That's like the best thing I've ever heard. That's a quote. I could put that on a shirt. Matter of fact, I might put it on a shirt. And so all of these refs are boycotting Serena ga- Serena's games. They're saying, oh, we're going to stand together and we're not going to, you know, officiate. And I'm thinking to myself this whole time, who cares? We don't come to see you. Does anybody buy a ticket to come see you? You are not like because you don't show up. What? What's going to happen? We not going to watch. We not going to cheer on Serena. You are not the game. (laughs) Serena is the game. So please understand that. So you sitting out, that's not going to do nothing but hurt your hurt your pockets, sir. Because guess what? Serena's getting paid. As a matter of fact, when she lost, she cashed in at about $1.85 million. So just for losing. <laughs> so that's a bad day for her. 1.85. So until you get like her, we don't care what you're protesting or what you're boycotting. And so what I also love about Serena is even during this time, she was frustrated. She was upset. Um, and it came time for um, Osaka to get her trophy. She she held her down. And the audience was booing. The crowd was booing. And she said, let's give everyone the credit where credit's due. And let's not boo anymore is basically what she told them. And she said, we're going to get through this. And let's be positive. So congratulations, Naomi. No more booing. And that's a prime example of what it's like to be a black woman in America. Um, You got to put people in line for being sexist, for being racist. You have to still make sure you get your shit done. And at the same time, you got to make sure your people are good, your community. So even in her frustration, she was there to comfort her sister Asaka. She held her. She hugged her and she whispered in her ear, you know, they're not booing you, right? Imagine how comforting that is to have your idol, Serena Williams, in a time of need, in a moment that's supposed to be happy for you, but it kind of turns sour, comfort you and say, girl, I got you. Put her arms around you. That's powerful. That's sisterhood. And that's why we stand, Serena. And I'm sick and tired of Serena having to stand up for herself And go face to face, go toe to toe with these people who treat her like crap. For the the only reason is because she's a black woman who refuses to be silenced. She's a black woman who can kick ass without taking drugs. They drug test this woman every two damn days. Nothing's changed. She's still great. She's not on drugs. She's never been on drugs. And she still can whoop all of your asses. So give it up. And I just hate that she has to continue to fight every day um, to prove that she's human, (laughs) pretty much. It sucks. But shout out to Serena and shout out to Asaka for her win. And I hope that uh, Serena bounces back. Not that she's bounced far. She still got it. But I hope that um, she sees some more wins in the near future. So let's turn the page a little bit and get on some uh, New York Fashion Week stuff, okay? Um, Because things got a little rough. So at New York Fashion Week, 
Nikki and Cardi went toe to toe. That's right, things got real spicy at the Harper's Bazaar Icons party. So basically, I feel like all of us know that Nikki and Cardi have been having like this silent beef that's been going on for a while now, but nobody's really said anything. People have been trying to keep it cute. Um, Cardi has been doing her damnedest to probably just keep things under wraps. They even did a cute little song together. It was uh, a motorsport, motorbike, something, motorboat, I don't know, and but it was weird because both of them kept saying, well, I didn't know she was going to be on the song. It just kind of happened and we weren't there at the same time and we just made this collab and it was cute. So we went with it and everybody was like, mm, OK, I guess the song is nice. Say motorsport. Ow, ow. But what's really good with y'all, though? So we never really got the answers. I just always assumed that Cardi was just trying to get her coins and that Nikki was doing the same thing. Um, as much as I don't like Nikki, I was just like, hey, maybe she's actually doing a good thing. Maybe she's not going to take it the same route that she took it with Lil' Kim. Maybe she's trying to turn a new leaf. I was wrong. Because she started doing interviews and she started talking about how Nikki, I mean, Cardi stole her hairdresser. I think it was Tokyo Styles. And then they started, she started saying that Cardi wasn't giving her any props or giving her any acknowledgement and I thought that was weird because she'd never given Kim any acknowledgement after she stole her whole swag and her whole style so that started to get a little um, weird for me and so I feel like all of this tension kept building up kept building up and then finally things just exploded and New York Fashion Week of all places um, and so what happened was Cardi ran up on her. She was like, look, keep that same energy. I'm from the Bronx. I mean, she didn't say that, but this is what I could imagine her saying, like, in the privacy of her own home. I'm from the Bronx. Um, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, don't play play with me if you want to. You know what I'm saying? I'll pop off. That That was a terrible impression of Cardi, but it was fun. So Cardi has a lot of songs where she talks about beating people's asses. And so I know that Cardi is about that life because she's a blood. She does not hide that fact. Not only is she a blood, but she's what Dominican and her mom is from the islands or the other way around. That's a recipe for crazy right there. And she's also from the Bronx. So with all of these things together, I just feel like that's not a good combination for Nikki because there's only there's so little that she can put up with before it's about to go down so when she saw her she's like look it's on site what's up I don't care where I'm at I don't care if I'm at New York Fashion Week I don't care if I'm at Spirit Week honey you're gonna get these hands and so in her beautiful gown she ran up on Nikki and said Say something about my child again. Say something about my child again. And she kept saying, you know, all this stuff. She was yelling at her. She was like, come here. I'll beat you. Come see about these hands, you raggedy. 
Y'all, shoes were flying everywhere. People took out their camera phones. They were recording. The people got flustered. The people were running back and forth. They were looking they were looking shocked and appalled. <laughs> Nikki was standing behind her security and she was screaming, Bitch, are you crazy? Bitch, are you crazy? You know how she does like that cartoon, Bitch, are you crazy? type thing. And Nikki's like, What's up? What's up? See me outside. So it got like, this is probably the most action New York Fashion Week has gotten in a long time. And I'm not sure it's for the right reasons. And so here's the thing. This was a long time coming. It just was a long time coming. I think we just live in a generation where people just talk back and forth on social media and don't expect things to happen. But I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that part. So Nikki has something called Queen Radio, which obviously is just a gimmick to acquire more press to fluff those album sales that are just not quite making it to number one. So she has Queen Radio where she gets on, you know, her radio show and talks shit about everybody in the industry, which I think is pretty much a brand killer for her because you are an artist and you're literally sitting there talking about your peers on your radio show and you're not even a radio host. What are you doing? You're a rapper. So I guess, I mean, it's cool if you want to branch out, but this, like, why this? Anyway, she gets on there and says, so before I get before I get to that point, the whole reason why Cardi says she ran up on Nikki is because she was talking about her kid and she was liking comments on Instagram about people talking about how Cardi was a bad mother and all this other messy stuff and all this petty stuff that Nikki is capable of doing. And so Nikki gets on Queen Radio and says, I would never ridicule anyone's child. It's so sad for someone to pin that on somebody. I would never talk about anyone's child or parenting. These lies are ridiculous. And so basically, she issues like somewhat of a threat. And she says, you put your hands on certain people, you die. Period. And so I'm like, is she threatening Cardi? Because that's something you don't want to do. Like, you know Cardi is gang gang, right? Like, I know you rap about being gang gang, Nikki, but you know Cardi's like for real gang gang. And that sister of hers, Hennessy, she might run up on you because she don't have nothing to lose, baby. Nothing. So you might want to watch how you talk on the radio. So anyway... She goes on to say that Cardi is angry and sad and that this is not funny. And basically, she's telling people to get this woman some help. This woman's at the highest point in her career and she's throwing shoes. And she then says that she was mortified that this happened in front of these upper echelon people. And I just couldn't help but think, like, are, do you mean white people? Because that sounds like what you mean. You mean white people. And that if that's what you mean, just say that, sis. Because are you not upper echelon? Are you saying, what are you saying? Technically, that's what you are. You're in the building. This is invite only. Cardi's in the building. This is invite only. At this point, you all are elite, whether you like it or not. And so to just to say that makes me think that you feel a way that white people saw you behave that way. 
And that's the thing that black people do sometimes. We, oh, I don't want no, I don't want no white person to see me eating this chicken. Why not? Why people eat chicken? What's the problem? Oh, because they said that black people like fried chicken, so we're not allowed to eat chicken in front of white people. <gasps> Hell no! I'm gonna eat this chicken, and I'm gonna. I may put hot sauce on. I don't even like hot sauce, but I might put some hot sauce on there, just just for the effect. How about that? And if I remember correctly, Nicki Minaj had this fried chicken thing a while back that she would just eat fried chicken all the time in public. I don't know what that was about, but that's neither here nor there. But what I do know is I bet you won't mention culture Kiari Cephas's name again. I bet you won't do that. So anyway, Nicki got on. Ooh, that name is crazy, ain't it? Kiari, culture Kiari Cephas. Boy, oh boy. Nikki got on Instagram to rant like she always does. I wish somebody would take her phone from her. Um, but she says, I've let a lot of shit slide. I let you sneak diss me. I let you lie on me. I let you attempt to stop my bags. Fuck up the way I eat. You threaten other artists in the industry. Told them if they work with me, you'll stop fucking with them. I let you talk big shit about me. I address you once in person. I address you a second time in person. And every time you cop the plea. But when you mention my child, you choose to like comments about me as a mother. Make comments about my abilities to take care of my daughter is when all bets are fucking off. I've worked too hard and come too far to let anybody fuck with my success. Bitches talk all that shit in they raps, but in real life they are P-U-S-S-Y. She didn't spell it out, but I just don't like saying that word. I just, eh, eh, makes me cringe. This shit really is for entertainment. And so Vivica Fox, who, hey girl, by the way, where have you been? She was on some show doing some interview. And I thought it was super random that she weighed in on the Cardi Nikki thing. But she did weigh in. And I appreciated her response to the question. And basically her response was, Nikki knows how to push buttons and she does it very passively, passive aggressively. Everybody knows that Cardi is reactive. She will throw that shoe and most of the time it connects. She's got to make better decisions though. She can't allow Nikki to help her mess up her brand. And I agree. I feel like that's so true. I feel like Nikki is not worth Cardi messing up her brand. But I also agree with the fact that Nikki is hella passive aggressive. She throws rocks and hides her hands. I used to, I believe it or not, I used to actually like Nicki Minaj. But I can't do it with her anymore. She is way too petty, way too messy, and way too catty. And basically, she's letting her brand go to shit. Like, she's a prime example of someone who, whose brand used to be popping and is now in the gutter. All because of her foul behavior. So um, anyway, while I don't condone fighting, I do believe we live in this era where, where people are just so used to talking shit and not having an answer for it. It's basically the social media era. And I think it's important for people to remember that this is real life. You can and sometimes will be confronted in real life about the things you say on social media. Not everybody is a talker. And Cardi B damn sure isn't a talker. She's more of a throw throw them hands kind of gal. 
So, Nikki, that's what you signed up for. So, don't get surprised. We knew who Cardi B was when we met her. She was a regular, degular, schmegler girl from the hood. That's what she is. And that's what she probably will always be. But that's why I love her because she stays true to who she is. She's genuine. And I don't think Cardi goes around picking fights. I think she defends herself in the way that she grew up learning how to defend herself. And that's by fighting. And that's unfortunate. But that's what it is. So maybe, Nick, you shouldn't poke the bear. Maybe you actually know what you're doing. And maybe this is a part of your evil plan to get Cardi out of here. See, what Nikki is doing is she's playing chess, not checkers. See, our girl Cardi, she's still playing checkers. She just got to she just gotta peep the game a little bit more. And hopefully in the next few years, she'll get it. But Nikki's little plan isn't working because people are actually still backing Cardi. And regardless, Tom Ford is still backing Cardi. They posted about her the other day. They have a collab um, with the new lipstick that Cardi put out. And her lipstick sold out in the first day. It's gone. It's done. Bag secured. So, you know, her money's not stopping. Her coins are not stopping. She's been nominated for eight AMAs. Ten BET Hip Hop Awards. So that brings her, um, her total nominations to like 90. And she's number three on 2018's best selling hip-hop album list Yay! but regardless nikki is just gonna be nikki and cardi's doing good so hopefully cardi takes this and just lets her success speak for itself no more throwing shoes because you don't have time to be fighting nikki out here in these streets nikki got a whole nother she has so much other stuff that she needs to be focused on besides arguing with you she needs to figure out what's going on inside that head of hers So that needs to be her focus. And your focus, Cardi, needs to be your success, your family, and just doing you. Because it's not worth it. And so hopefully, in the very near future, this will all blow over. And um, Cardi can go on about her business and be the success that she is. Yes. Moving on. It looks like... There's some buyer's remorse for Kim K. It appears she no longer wants to have a big butt. I know, I know. It sounds crazy, right? Because that's what she basically has based her whole career off of is having this gigantic ass. And so it's weird because in like one of the recent episodes of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, Courtney says something to her like, oh, Kim, your butt looks so big when you sit down like that. And she like gets emotional. Um, and Chris is like, that's not very nice. And Courtney says, you know, she likes having a big butt. I'm not saying anything offensive. And Kim is like, no, I don't. I cry about it on the daily. And I just thought that was so strange because it's like, but sis, This is not your natural butt. I don't care what you say. You did this to yourself. You went and got this surgery. And it pisses me off. Like when people go get surgery and they just don't admit that they got surgery, it just grinds my gears for some reason. And so remember when Kim K just adamantly denied having any butt injections, any butt surgery. Um, She even went so far as to get 
a butt scan on keeping up with the Kardashians that time. She was like, see guys, it's, not, it's real. And I'm just like, do you think we're stupid? Like, I know a lot of the American population is stupid, but do you think we're all just so stupid that we don't realize that your thighs don't match your ass? That when we met you, your butt was not looking like this? What makes you think that we think that's your real butt? It's clearly not. It's clearly not. Set yourself free and tell the truth. Shame the devil. So you know in 2007... That's when the sex tape was released that kind of put Kim K on the map. All right. And this sex tape was made with none other than Ray J. That's right. Brandy's brother back in 2003. And like if you go back and Google it, it is just the most ridiculous thing. I think I saw like a snippet of the actual video. I just couldn't even bring myself to watch it because I was like, please, like, please. If I'm going to watch a sex tape, it's not going to be between Ray J and Kim K, honestly. I mean, maybe, who who would I watch a sex tape of? I'm trying to think. Hmm. Maybe LeBron James and his wife. Maybe, I don't even know if I watch a sex tape of Beyonce and Jay-Z. I don't know if that would float my boat. You know, I'm trying to think of somebody that I'd be like, yes, I'm signing up for this sex tape. It damn sure wouldn't be Kim K and Ray J. I think I'd probably watch an Amber Rose sex tape too, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. (sighs) So anyway, this, if you Google it, you'll see like the advertisement and it basically says with Kim K, Kim Kardashian superstar featuring hip hop star Ray J. And I'm just like, what? Like, uh, really? Is this what this is? And so back then, I remember thinking to myself and actually defending Kim K, like she would never leak this tape. This is not something she would do. Why did you guys, why would you guys think somebody would ever leak their sex tape? This is horrible. And now that I'm a, you know, now... Years later, now that I'm grown with good sense, I realized that this sex tape was leaked because the same year that this sex tape came out is the same year that Keeping Up With The Kardashians aired. And that was October 2007. And do you know this show airs in 167 countries? Like this show is huge. And it all started with Kim K's sex tape and Ray J's sex tape. So I wonder, like, how did Ray J come up off of this? And But what I kind of like about this story is that Kim K was the winner in all of this. Usually it's the guy who wins when a sex tape comes out. Usually women are, like, super shamed and the guy gets all the glory and the woman is a hoe. And don't get me wrong, Kim K has definitely been called all of those things, which I think is unfair because who else do we know that she dated besides what Reggie Bush and then Kanye, who she married? So I'm still trying to figure out where the whole title comes from. But I just think it's pretty cool that the woman is the one who is making bank off of this sex tape. So um, basically, Kim K 
is saying that she loves her curves. She doesn't mind her butt and hips being so big, but she has insecurities. And she told that to people, Mag. And then she says um, her butt is so huge that sometimes she walks backwards so Kanye can't see it. And that she's so insecure about changing in a fitting And she just doesn't want people to look at her. And I just cannot help but think, like, sis, you did this to yourself. You went and got the injections. Even though you won't admit it, you did. Um, And so that kind of got me to thinking about, like, body image in Hollywood and celebrities who have had surgeries and injections. Um, Thinking about K. Michelle, for example, She just recently had her um, injections or silicone removed. And I used to look at her and just be like, she looks so crazy. She looks so ridiculous. Like her bottom half does not match her top half at all. And I just used to wonder why she did that to herself because she's so pretty. But she told people, she said, She did it during a time where they didn't really know much about the injections. And she said, now we know the outcome. And she said, before it was up in the air, but now we know the outcome. That your body just can't handle foreign objects in it. And she said years ago, you know, she wanted to look like a Coke bottle. So she heard about a man in Atlanta who would inject her hips and butt with silicone to help her achieve the shape that she wanted. And she readily admits he wasn't a doctor. It was on the black market. And there was something called hydrogel injections. And she said that's kind of what they were called. And when she found out that her favorite rapper had done it, that's when she decided I'm getting it done. So right now I'm trying to think of who her favorite rapper is and what she's talking about. Because who are you talking about, K. Michelle? Is it Nikki? If it's Nikki, you can tell us because I feel like that's who it is. It has to be. Please don't say it's Trina. I think that's all natural USDA approved. But it's probably Nikki, so we'll go with that. So anyway, she started to have symptoms like migraines, fatigue, pain in legs, all that stuff. Um, But it's crazy because so many other celebrities have done it. Tammy Roman from Basketball Wives. um, Tierra Marie from Love & Hip Hop. Cardi B, she, you know, straight out the gate, she told us she got hers done in a basement. um, And she damn near passed out when she was getting her shot. So it's just like, why do women feel that they have to do these things? Like damn near die. They're willing to damn near die to get these butts. I mean, I think that's sad. And here you have Kim K crying now saying that she hates her butt. And this is the thing that she once prided herself on. So it's it's strange to see this kind of evolution happening. But I feel like we're going back to more natural looks now. And I, and I predict that in the next five years, we're going to be back in that phase where everybody's wanting to be super, super natural. We're already there with the hair, but I feel like... We're going there with the bodies as well. And if that's where we're going, then I, for one, am super happy about that because I feel like it's it's definitely, definitely time. And so speaking of Hollywood and everything that goes on in Hollywood, unfortunately, we just lost rapper Mac Miller. 
And I just want to say, this is so sad to me because I feel like he was super young. I think he was 26 years old and he died of a drug overdose. Um, And then it got me to thinking about Demi Lovato, who made the news recently about um, an overdose that she had in her apartment and she overdosed on meth. And so she kind of was struggling with depression and I think Mac Miller was too. But it it really started me to thinking about Hollywood and what the hell is going on there. Um, I don't know if you remember a time when Dave Chappelle, he went off to Africa. Remember when he picked up and left and just went to Africa? Um, and everybody was like, where the hell is Dave Chappelle going? Like, what's, he went to Africa? And we were just like, WTF. And... He did an interview later after he came back and he was talking about Martin and how Martin kind of went off the hinges after they did the movie Blue Streak. And he said, what is happening in Hollywood that a guy that tough talking about Martin? Because he said Martin had a stroke and just kind of like bounced back and was like, what's up? I'm, I'm, you know, he said a guy that tough would be on the street waving a gun yelling, they're trying to kill me. Why is Dave Chappelle going to Africa, he said. Why is Mariah Carey signing a $100 million deal and taking her clothes off on TRL? What is happening in Hollywood? The worst thing to call somebody is crazy, he says. It's dismissive. And that really got me to thinking about all these celebrities who used to be at the top. And they're slowly starting to decline. And we're slowly starting to look at them like, you know bottom tier in a way because of the way they're acting and their behavior and all that stuff and I'm just thinking about Justin Bieber, Chris Brown, Kanye West, um, Miley Cyrus, Amanda Bynes, Lauren Hill, Britney Spears, the list goes on like wow what the f are they doing to people up there in Hollywood what's going on up there I don't know if it's coke. How is it that everyone is just all of a sudden crazy? Like after maybe 10 years in the game, it's like people are just burnt out. They don't look like themselves. You know, Britney Spears cut all her hair off and was smashing windows in. And I was like thinking to myself, I feel you. Like now that I'm 31, I understand that moment. I understand because life will break you down that way. But I feel like there's something special about Hollywood that kind of just like takes you to a place that you don't want to be and it's almost as if these people have to sell their souls to be rich and famous and I'm starting to think the trade-off isn't worth it because what's the point of having all this money if you're going to be miserable if you're going to be miserable if you're going to die an early death if you're going to use drugs till you can't function anymore if you're just not going to be the person that you want to be if you're not going to be whole What's the point? And so many people want to be famous and so many people want to be rich, but I don't think they realize what's going on out there. And maybe it's the type of people that are, it's certain people that fall into these traps because I look at people like Denzel Washington and I look at people like Will Smith and Jada Pinkett and other people who I feel like are able to hold it together. What are they doing different? Maybe they need to give a class on that.
Maybe on her next Red Table Talk, she'll talk about that. Because I want to know, how are they holding it together? Because it seems like a lot of people are not making it out to the other side. A lot of people. And it's unfortunate. But rest in peace, Mac Miller. So on my Don't Act Like You Forgot, let's switch it up real quick. Let's take it to another place. Don't act like you forgot. I feel like we live in a time where people are so quick to throw shade at like our legends, our icons. It's because these little rugrats, these generation Zers don't have any clue about what's really going on. They worship people like, I don't know who they, t- little Uzi and everybody's little, little vert. Little, little, little. They don't know nothing about nothing. And so I want to shine light on my girl, Mariah Carey, because I know I mentioned her earlier, but let's talk about the real number one stunner. And this generation has kind of made a joke of Mariah, but let's not forget who girlfriend is, okay? Mimi. Let me just run down some stats for you. On average, one Mariah Carey album is bought every three seconds. (laughs) Three seconds. Mariah has sold over 120 million albums in her first 10 years, okay? She spent more weeks at Billboard number one than any other artist. She's second only to the Beatles and Elvis Presley in total number one singles. She's had eight consecutive albums to go triple platinum. She was the first artist in Billboard history to have her first five singles reach number one. She was the only artist... No, she was only the second artist in Billboard history to debut at number one. She was the first artist in history to do it three times. And she's the only artist to have two Billboard number one debuts with successive singles. And let's not forget, she's the only artist to debut in the Billboard Airplay charts top 10 twice. And the list goes on and on and on and on and on. So I say all this to say... She's coming out with a new album. It's her first album in four years. And I think her new single is called GTFO. I feel like that stands for Get the Fuck Out, which I'm totally down with. And she gave a quote to a magazine recently and said, I wanted to give my fans and everyone a first listen that wasn't so serious. Um, this was actually a press release. I've had so much fun making this album, and I wanted the first moment to reflect the lighthearted spirit. Can I just say yes, Mimi, for almost three decades in the game? Yes, you deserve some respect. So let's not act like we forgot. All right? All right. Moving on to like one of my most favorite parts of the show, which is the shadier room. So the shade of your room is basically when I browse through the comments on the shade room and pick out some of my favorites because you know the shade room is full of foolishness. It's full of people who don't have no home training. It's full of people who just, it's like they crawl from under a rock and then they just crawl from under that rock to make a comment and then they just go back after they make the comments. Like, who are these people? Where did you come from? And then sometimes you have some funny ones. So this week, I pretty much have some funnier ones. I mean, because these people are shadier than shady. So there was a post. 
asking, and it had two pairs of different shoes up on the picture. And it, the post asks, Michael Jordan is taking you, Michael B. Jordan, because Michael Jordan is a whole nother story, honey. He's just, a, yeah. Michael B. Jordan is taking you on a date. Which boots are you wearing? So, this user at MVYVM says, whichever ones white girls wear. <laughs> and that is just, yes, honey, because it's like, I don't want to shade Michael B. Jordan, but I kind of do because he's always on a boat with white girls. He's like, where is your boo? Where is your Nubian queen, brother? Wakanda forever or nah? But then again, it's like we can't really hate on the brother for dating who he wants to date. It is what it is. Maybe we shouldn't, you know, put all our our eggs in one basket. But don't we do that a lot, black women? We really, really, really want black men. We love to date black women and they always disappoint. (laughs) They always disappoint. So, you know, it is what it is. But user MVYVM had time today. Okay, so that was pretty funny. So anyway, um, Tamar Braxton went on the Wendy show because she's like talking about all the scandals that are going on with the Braxtons and how everybody's leaving the show. And she done got her a new man, got her a Nigerian man. And, you know, that's the new move. That's what the women are doing these days. They're going to get them a Nigerian man because they have the coins. Right. So that's what they go and do. Because, you know, African men, they won't let you pay for a thing. They will stop. You reach for the check, they're going to stop you. They're going to chop your hand and say, no, I, you are my woman. You are my woman. I, I pay. I will pay for these things. And then you say, okay. So Tamar is probably living her best life right now, bald head and all. So she goes on Wendy and she's like talking about her new man. And so Shay Room plays a clip of that interview and User Mrs. Slayton says, talk about an upgrade. I bet he's not a mouth breather either. Now, you know that shade towards Vince because Vince never closed his mouth. He was so big. He was just so big and just big. And he just couldn't close his mouth because I just he was just always trying to breathe through his mouth because maybe the nose wasn't giving him all the oxygen he needed for his total body mass so he was just breathing through his mouth all the time and I'm just like don't be you know Mrs. Lassen you didn't have to say that Mrs. Slayton you didn't have to say that but you did say it and I kikied for sure and so the last one was there was a picture of Beyonce and Latoya luck it up and you know Latoya's good and pregnant now because she's married now and her and Beyonce are embracing and Beyonce looks so happy they both look so happy and we're just original the people that really really know destiny's child they were happy to see that i see a lot of the youngins or just misguided souls who are like always trolling latavia and latoya on social media for some reason and i'm just glad to see that b and latoya have reunited and so miss island caddy island caddy 22 posts Someone go check on my sis Latavia before she shared that same picture from 1998 again. (laughs) And the people go in on Latavia so hard. And it's like, why are y'all going on her just for sharing her memories? If you were a part of Destiny's Child, wouldn't you share the memories? If you happen to be in the group in 1998, 1999, 2000, those are the photographs that you have. So those are the ones you're going to share. Y'all don't have to do her like that. I feel like 
Latavia. I feel like Beyonce needs to go take a picture with Latavia and just put this thing to rest. I am sick of this stuff Latavia has to put up with on the internet. She does not deserve that. I need her to get a gig somewhere. Somebody hire her, please. I'm tired of it. And so... That is the end of the shade of your room today. I kept it light because we had so much drama going on earlier. I didn't want to be messy. I'm just, I was keeping it light. But, you know, I like to end the show on Karma's Corner with Karma's Corner because I feel like it's important that we always end on a positive note. Even though we're messy throughout the show and even though we talk a lot of junk, it's always good to end on a positive note because... That's just what you want to do, right? Nobody wants to end on a nasty, dry note, right? So this Karma's Corner is going to be about happiness. It's going to be about happiness. What does it mean to be happy? Now, it doesn't mean that you're never sad. Or that being rich... Or that, you know, that you're rich or you're taking nice selfies or that, you know, you're doing luxurious things. That's not what it means to be happy. Happiness is a combination of how satisfied you are with your life and how good you feel on a day-to-day basis. And truth be told, if you're not careful, your whole life could be, oh, I'll be happy when right? You know, I'll be happy when I do this, or I'll be happy when I get to $50,000 in my bank, in my savings account, or I'll be happy when I get a promotion at work, or I'll be happy when I find me a husband, or I'll be happy when my business picks up or when it gets off the ground. And you can't live your life like that. I want to encourage you to live in the moment. Enjoy the now. What's happening right in front of your face? I want you to ask yourself what you're thankful for today. Because what we don't want to do is let the future determine our mood. We don't want to let what hasn't happened yet dictate how we feel about ourselves and our situations. So what I want you guys to do is find your happy. And I want you to find your happy today. I want you to start today. Because tomorrow is not promised. So let's not fill ourselves with anxiety and sadness and depression. Thinking about what hasn't happened yet. Thinking about what we need to do. Because when you're living like that, you can never truly be happy because you're constantly chasing a high. You're constantly chasing something that doesn't even exist. So start today and find your happy. Let's go on this journey together. All right. If you have any questions, comments about today's episode or just comments and questions in general, I want to talk to you. Email me at nofilterpodcast101 at gmail. And until next time, people, this is your girl, Karma Jones, and this has been No Filter Podcast. Talk to you later.